The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. E. Russia-related communications with the campaign. While he was discussing with his foreign contacts a potential meeting of campaign officials with Russian government officials, Papadopoulos kept campaign officials apprised of his efforts. On April 25, 2016, the day before Mifsud told Papadopoulos about the emails, Papadopoulos wrote to senior policy advisor Stephen Miller that the Russian government has an open invitation by Putin for Mr. Trump to meet him when he is ready, and that the advantage of being in London is that these governments tend to speak a bit more openly in neutral cities on April 27, 2016. After his meeting with Mifsud, Papadopoulos wrote a second message to Miller stating that some interesting messages were coming in from Moscow about a trip when the time is right. If we are serious about rebuilding the American middle class, my view of democratic socialism builds on the success of many other countries around the world who have done a far better job than we have in protecting the needs of their working families, their elderly citizens, their children, their sick, and their poor. This country has socialism for the rich and rugged individualism for the poor. It means building on what Franklin Delano Roosevelt said. When he fought for guaranteed economic rights for all Americans. If we are serious about reinvigorating American democracy. We need to develop a political movement which once again is prepared to take on and defeat a ruling class whose greed is destroying our nation. Democratic socialism means that we must reform a political system which is that we must create an economy that works for all, not just the very wealthy. The same day, Papadopoulos sent a similar email to campaign manager Corey Lewandowski, telling Lewandowski that Papadopoulos had been receiving a lot of calls over the last month about Putin wanting to host Trump and the team when the time is right. Papadopoulos's Russia-related communications with campaign officials continued throughout the spring and summer of 2016. On May 4, 2016, he forwarded to Lewandowski an email from Timofeyev raising the possibility of a meeting in Moscow, asking Lewandowski whether that was something we want to move forward with. The next day, Papadopoulos forwarded the same Timofeyev email to Sam Clovis, adding to the top of the email Russia update. He included the same email in a May 21, 2016 message to senior campaign official Paul Manafort, under the subject line request from Russia to meet Mr. Trump, stating that Russia has been eager to meet Mr. Trump for quite some time and have been reaching out to me to discuss. Manafort forwarded the message to another campaign official, without including Papadopoulos, and stated, let's discuss. We need someone to communicate that Trump is not doing these trips. It should be someone low-level in the campaign so as not to send any signal. 
On June 1, 2016, Papadopoulos replied to an earlier email chain with Lewandowski about a Russia visit, asking if Lewandowski wanted to have a call about this topic and whether we were following up with it after Lewandowski told Papadopoulos to connect with Clovis because he was running point. Papadopoulos emailed Clovis that the Russian MFA was asking him if Mr. Trump is interested in visiting Russia at some point. Papadopoulos wrote in an email that he wanted to pass this info along to you for you to decide what's best to do with it and what message I should send or to ignore. After several email and Skype exchanges with Timofeyev, Papadopoulos sent one more email to Lewandowski on June 19, 2016, Lewandowski's last day as campaign manager. The email stated that the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs had contacted him and asked whether, if Mr. Trump could not travel to Russia, a campaign representative such as Papadopoulos could attend meetings Papadopoulos told Lewandowski that he was willing to make the trip off the record if it's in the interest of Mr. Trump and the campaign to meet specific people. Following Lewandowski's departure from the campaign, Papadopoulos communicated with Clovis and Walid Fares, another member of the Foreign Policy Advisory Team, about an off-the-record meeting between the campaign and Russian government officials or with Papadopoulos's other Russia connections, Mifsud and Timofeyev. Papadopoulos also interacted directly with Clovis and Fares in connection with the summit of the Transatlantic Parliamentary Group on Counterterrorism TAG, a group for which Fares was co-secretary general. On July 16, 2016, Papadopoulos attended the TAG summit in Washington, D.C., where he sat next to Clovis as reflected in the photograph below. Finally, Papadopoulos's recollection is also consistent with handwritten notes from a journal that he kept at the time. 488 Those notes, which are reprinted in part below, appear to refer to potential September 2016 meetings in London with representatives of the Office of Putin, and suggest that Fares, Clovis, and Papadopoulos will lead, Sam me would attend without the official backing of the campaign. No official letter, no message from Trump. September. Have an exploratory meeting Tay or lose. In September, if allowed they will blast Mr. Trump. We want the meeting in London, England will lead, Sam me no official letter, no message from Trump. They are talking to us. It is a lot of risk. Office of Putin. Explore, we are a campaign. Off Israel. Egypt willingness to meet the FM with Walid, Sam. FM coming. Useful to have a session with him. Later communications indicate that Clovis determined that he Clovis could not travel. On August 15, 2016, Papadopoulos emailed Clovis that he had received requests from multiple foreign governments, even Russia, for closed-door workshops, consultations abroad, and asked whether there was still interest for Clovis, Fares, and Papadopoulos to go on that trip. Clovis copied Fares on his response, which said that he could not travel before the election but that he would encourage Papadopoulos and Walid to make the trips, if it is feasible. Papadopoulos was dismissed from the Trump campaign in early October 2016, after an interview he gave to the Russian news agency Interfax generated adverse publicity. F. Trump campaign knowledge of dirt. Papadopoulos admitted telling at least one individual outside of the campaign specifically, the then Greek foreign minister about Russia's obtaining Clinton-related emails. 
In addition, a different foreign government informed the FBI that, 10 days after meeting with Mifsud in late April 2016, Papadopoulos suggested that the Trump campaign had received indications from the Russian government that it could assist the campaign through the anonymous release of information that would be damaging to Hillary Clinton. This conversation occurred after the GRU spearfished Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta and stole his emails, and the GRU hacked into the DCCC and DNC, see Volume 1, Sections 3a and 3b. Such disclosures raised questions about whether Papadopoulos informed any Trump campaign official about the emails. When interviewed, Papadopoulos and the campaign officials who interacted with him told the office that they could not recall Papadopoulos's sharing the information that Russia had obtained dirt on candidate Clinton in the form of emails or that Russia could assist the campaign through the anonymous release of information about Clinton. Papadopoulos stated that he could not clearly recall having told anyone on the campaign and wavered about whether he accurately remembered an incident in which Clovis had been upset after hearing Papadopoulos tell Clovis that Papadopoulos thought they have her emails. The campaign officials who interacted or corresponded with Papadopoulos have similarly stated, with varying degrees of certainty, that he did not tell them. Senior policy advisor Stephen Miller, for example, did not remember hearing anything from Papadopoulos or Clovis about Russia having emails of or dirt on candidate Clinton. Clovis stated that he did not recall anyone, including Papadopoulos, having given him non-public information that a foreign government might be in possession of material damaging to Hillary Clinton. Information with the campaign. G. Additional George Papadopoulos contact. The office investigated another Russia-related contact with Papadopoulos. The office was not fully able to explore the contact because the individual at issue Sergei Milian remained out of the country since the inception of our investigation and declined to meet with members of the office despite our repeated FO1TS to obtain an interview. Papadopoulos first connected with Millian via LinkedIn on July 15, 2016, shortly after Papadopoulos had attended the TAG summit with Clovis. Millian, an American citizen who is a native of Belarus, introduced himself as president of the New York-based Russian-American Chamber of Commerce, and claimed that through that position he had insider knowledge and direct access to the top hierarchy in Russian politics. Papadopoulos asked Timofeyev whether he had heard of Millian. It's though Timofeyev said no, Papadopoulos met Millian in New York City. The meetings took place on July 30 and August 1, 2016. Afterwards, Millian invited Papadopoulos to attend and potentially speak at two international energy conferences, including one that was to be held in Moscow in September 2016. Papadopoulos ultimately did not attend either conference. On July 31, 2016, following his first in-person meeting with Millian, Papadopoulos emailed Trump campaign official Bo Denisik to say that he had been contacted by some leaders of Russian-American voters here in the U.S. about their interest in voting for Mr. Trump, and to ask whether he should put you in touch with their group U.S.-Russia Chamber of Commerce. Denisik thanked Papadopoulos for taking the initiative, but asked him to hold off with outreach to Russian Americans because too many articles had already portrayed the campaign, then-campaign chairman Paul Manafort, and candidate Trump as being pro-Russian. On August 23, 2016, Millian sent a Facebook message to Papadopoulos promising that he would share with you a disruptive technology that might be instrumental in your political work for the campaign. Papadopoulos claimed to have no recollection of this matter. 
On November 9, 2016, shortly after the election, Papadopoulos arranged to meet Millian in Chicago to discuss business opportunities, including potential work with Russian billionaires who are not under sanctions. The meeting took place on November 14, 2016, at the Trump Hotel and Tower in Chicago. According to Papadopoulos, the two men discussed partnering on business deals, but Papadopoulos perceived that Millian's attitude toward him changed when Papadopoulos stated that he was only pursuing private sector opportunities and was not interested in AJOB in the administration. The two remained in contact, however, and had extended online discussions about possible business opportunities in Russia. The two also arranged to meet at a Washington, D.C. bar when both attended Trump's inauguration in late January 2017. This free audio is provided by MullerReportAudioBook.com. 3. Carter Page Carter Page worked for the Trump campaign from January 2016 to September 2016. He was formally and publicly announced as a foreign policy advisor by the candidate in March. Page had lived and worked in Russia, and he had been approached by Russian intelligence officers several years before he volunteered for the Trump campaign. During his time with the campaign, Page advocated pro-Russia foreign policy positions and traveled to Moscow in his personal capacity. Russian intelligence officials had formed relationships with Page in 2008 and 2013 and Russian officials may have focused on Page in 2016 because of his affiliation with the campaign. However, the investigation did not establish that Page coordinated with the Russian government in its efforts to interfere with the 2016 presidential election. A. Background before he began working for the campaign in January 2016, Page had substantial prior experience studying Russian policy issues and living and working in Moscow. From 2004 to 2007, Page was the deputy branch manager of Merrill Lynch's Moscow office. There, he worked on transactions involving the Russian energy company Gazprom and came to know Gazprom's deputy chief financial officer, Sergei Yatsenko. In 2008, Page founded Global Energy Capital LLC GEC, and an advisor firm focused on the energy sector in emerging markets. The company otherwise had no sources of income, and Page was forced to draw down his life savings to support himself and pursue his business venture. Page asked Yatsenko to work with him at GEC as a senior advisor on a content basis. Lane 2008, Page met Alexander Bulatov, a Russian government official who worked at the Russian consulate in New York. Page later learned that Bulatov was a Russian intelligence officer. Lane 2013, Viktor Podobny, another Russian intelligence officer working covertly in the United States under diplomatic cover, formed a relationship with Page. Podobny met Page at an energy symposium in New York City and began exchanging emails with him. Podobny and Page also met in person on multiple occasions, during which Page offered his outlook on the future of the energy industry and provided documents to Podobny about the energy business. In a recorded conversation on April 8, 2013, Podobny told another intelligence officer that Page was interested in business opportunities in Russia. In Podobny's words, Page got hooked on Gazprom thinking that if they have a project, he could rise up. Maybe he can. It's obvious that he wants to earn lots of money. Podobny said that he had led Page on by feeding him empty promises that Podobny would use his Russian business connections to help Page. 
Podobny told the other intelligence officer that his method of recruiting foreign sources was to promise them favors and then discard them once he obtained relevant information from them. In 2015, Podobny and two other Russian intelligence officers were charged with conspiracy to act as an unregistered agent of a foreign government. The criminal complaint detailed Podobny's interactions with and conversations about Page, who was identified only as male one. Based on the criminal complaint's description of the interactions, Page was aware that he was the individual described as male L. Page later spoke with a Russian government official at the United Nations General Assembly and identified himself so that the official would understand he was male one from the Podobankomlaint. Page told the official that he didn't do anything. In interviews with the FBI before the office's opening, Page acknowledged that he understood that the individuals he had associated with were members of the Russian intelligence services, but he stated that he had only provided immaterial non-public information to them and that he did not view this relationship as a backchannel. Page told investigating agents that the more immaterial non-public information I give them, the better for this country. V. Origins of an early campaign work. In January 2016, Page began volunteering on an informal, unpaid basis for the Trump campaign after Ed Cox, a state Republican Party official, introduced Page to Trump campaign officials. Page told the office that his goal in working on the campaign was to help candidate Trump improve relations with Russia. To that end, Page emailed campaign officials offering his thoughts on U.S.-Russia relations, prepared talking points and briefing memos on Russia, and proposed that candidate Trump meet with President Vladimir Putin in Moscow. In communications with campaign officials, Page also repeatedly touted his high-level contacts in Russia and his ability to forge connections between candidate Trump and senior Russian governmental officials. For example, on January 30, 2016, Page sent an email to senior campaign officials stating that he had spent the past week in Europe and had been in discussions with some individuals with close ties to the Kremlin who recognized that Trump could have a game-changing effect in bringing the end of the new Cold War. The email stated that through his discussions with these high-level contacts, Page believed that a direct meeting in Moscow between Mr. Trump and Putin could be Aaron Ed. Page closed the email be criticizing U.S. sanctions on Russia. On March 21, 2016, candidate Trump formally and publicly identified Page as a member of his foreign policy team to advise on Russia and the energy sector. Over the next several months, Page continued providing policy-related work product to campaign officials. For example, in April 2016, Page provided feedback on an outline for a foreign policy speech that the candidate gave at the Mayflower Hotel, see Volume 1, Section IVA.4, Infra. In May 2016, Page prepared an outline of an energy policy speech for the campaign and then traveled to Bismarck, North Dakota, to watch the candidate deliver the speech. Chief Policy Advisor Sam Clovis expressed appreciation for Page's work and praised his work to other campaign officials. C. Carter Page's July 2016 trip to Moscow. Page's affiliation with the Trump campaign took on a higher profile and drew the attention of Russian officials after the candidate named him a foreign policy advisor. As a result, in late April 2016, Page was invited to give a speech at the July 2016 commencement ceremony at the New Economic School NES in Moscow. The NES commencement ceremony generally featured high-profile speakers, for example, President Barack Obama delivered a commencement address at the school in 2009. 
NES officials told the office that the interest in inviting Page to speak at NES was based entirely on his status as a Trump campaign advisor who served as the candidate's Russia expert. Andrei Krichkovich, an associate of Page's and assistant professor at the Higher School of Economics in Russia, recommended that NES rector Shlomo Weber invite Page to give the commencement address based on his connection to the Trump campaign. Denis Klimentov, an employee of NES, said that when Russians learned of Page's involvement in the Trump campaign in March 2016, the excitement was palpable. Weber recalled that in summer 2016 there was substantial interest in the Trump campaign in Moscow, and he felt that bringing a member of the campaign to the school would be beneficial. Page was eager to accept the invitation to speak at NES, and he sought approval from Trump campaign officials to make the trip to Russia. On May 16, 2016, while that request was still under consideration, Page emailed Clovis, J.D. Gordon, and Walid Fares and suggested that candidate Trump take his place speaking at the commencement ceremony in Moscow. On June 19, 2016, Page followed up again to request approval to speak at the NES event and to reiterate that NES would love to have Mr. Trump speak at this annual celebration in Page's place. Campaign manager Corey Lewandowski responded the same day, saying, if you want to do this, it would be outside sick of your role with the DJT for president campaign. I am certain Mr. Trump will not be able to attend. In early July 2016, Page traveled to Russia for the NES events. On July 5, 2016, Denis Klimentov, copying his brother, Dmitry Klimentov, emailed Maria Zaharova, the director of the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs Information and Press Department, about Page's visit and his connection to the Trump campaign. This free audio is provided by MuellerReportAudioBook.com. Denis Klimentov said in the email that he wanted to draw the Russian government's attention to Page's visit in Moscow. His message to Zaharova continued, Page is Trump's advisor on foreign policy. He is a known businessman, he used to work in Russia. If you have any questions, I will be happy to help contact him. Dmitry Klimentov then contacted Russian press secretary Dmitry Peskov about Page's visit to see if Peskov wanted to introduce Page to any Russian government officials the following day. Peskov responded to what appears to have been the same Denis Klimentov-Zaharova email thread. Peskov wrote, I have read about Page. Specialists say that he is far from being the main one. So I better not initiate a meeting in the Kremlin. On July 7, 2016, Page delivered the first of his two speeches in Moscow at NES. In the speech, Page criticized the U.S. government's foreign policy toward Russia, stating that Washington and other Western capitals have impeded potential progress through their often hypocritical focus on ideas such as democratization, inequality, corruption and regime change. On July 8, 2016, Page delivered a speech during the NES commencement. After Page delivered his commencement address, Russian Deputy Prime Minister and NES board member Arkady Vorkovich spoke at the ceremony and stated that the sanctions the United States had imposed on Russia had hurt the NES. Page and Vorkovich shook hands at the commencement ceremony, and Weber recalled that Vorkovich made statements to Page about working together in the future. Page said that, during his time in Moscow, he met with friends and associates he knew from when he lived in Russia, including Andrei Baranov, a former Gazprom employee who had become the head of investor relations at Rosneft, a Russian energy company. Page stated that he and Baranov talked about immaterial non-public information.
Over a lifetime, all of us change to an extraordinary degree. From a physical perspective, we start off as a little bundle about 50 centimeters high with cherubic features and elastic soft skin. I, I want you to understand that, ask yourself at all times, what's the reason you're doing or trying to do a same thing with you do? Why go this far? Why try to learn this much? In the intervening period, every single cell in our body will have been replaced, often many times over. So I mean, think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry. That's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week. And we'll have gone through all kinds of experiences that perhaps leave almost no trace in memory. Remember, if you think you are wrong, you are. And remember, there's no such thing as bad luck, only lost opportunities. Never, absolutely never, never. Show yourself. Who am I? I'm a champion. We carry the same name throughout our lives and consider ourselves as a relatively stable, unitary entity. But is it really right to think of ourselves as the same person? Why try to see it all? Why try to have it all? Why do it? Why learn it? Stay angry. Stay English. A standard assumption is that it's our body that guarantees our personal identity. If you think you are inadequate, you are. Now the chance can process all this information. Let me introduce you to yourself. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 support your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL.